Allow me, please, to get this off my chest now that we're down to two weeks left before the NFL draft. No one anywhere watches film. Clark Gable watched film. Charlie Chaplin and Lauren Bacall watched film. You aren't watching film. And neither is anyone else. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is a rather ridiculous edition of the Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Film, film, film. If it weren't for football analysts... You'd never hear the word again unless you're talking about like some pasty substance, you know, on your lips or whatever. It's not film. It's video. And really, it isn't even video on TVs. It's now video that's on your laptop or on your iPad or even on your phone. But such is the culture of studying football that you don't really sound like you're all the way in the club unless you use the term film. Let's review. Film is that thing that's spinning around in a circle on the projector where some of you, I guess if you're my age, will recall being in a classroom, and then when it's over, the film just kind of flaps around that circle because it's done rolling through the device. Does not exist! And by the way, neither does the perfect prognosticator. Although you will most certainly hear from them, and I do on a regular basis, leading up to the draft. What do you know about that player? I've seen lots of film of that player. I spent the day watching film of that player, and I did so in between the seven or eight mock drafts that I executed, one each for all 32 franchises, Film, 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 something, film. I've had it already up to here with these people. However, I will also accept that there are, in fact, people who study this thing for real like crazy. I can do without the condescension, but I'll acknowledge that they do work at this. However, I'll also qualify that they aren't very good at it. You know why? Because they can't be. There's too many moving parts. The variables are all over the place, not least of which that some teams, not the Steelers, engage in pretty significant subterfuge to make sure that nobody knows who they're picking or even which position might be their preference. Everyone's got a favorite. Among this group, it used to just be Mel Kuyper. And to an extent, Mel remains still not just the biggest hair in this industry, but the biggest name. Doesn't mean he's the most respected. I'm just talking about the most recognized. There's a difference. Well, last year, Mel had five out of the 32 picks correct. In his final mock, the one that was released on April 29 and included, as most of them do, all possible scenarios, trades and everything else. Five out of 32. He had four of the first five, 
And I don't even know how much credit you give to that because pretty much everyone knew Trevor Lawrence was going to Jacksonville and Zach Wilson was going to go to the Jets. So what you get credit for is Kyle Pitts, the tight end, going to the Falcons at four, and Jamar Chase, the wide receiver, of course, going to the Bengals. And then from there, he gets Rashawn Slater going to the Chargers at 13. And that's it. It's just a run of blanks after that. Who did he have for the Steelers? Travis Etienne, a running back from Clemson. The wrong running back. When you could have pulled anyone off the street right here in our city and asked them at that point, who were the Steelers going to draft? And they would have told you Najee Harris. Five out of 32. Anyone can do that with a dart and a board. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. So you ask, who's actually good at this? Like, who should we be following? Well, Peter King, who gets a lot of help, by the way, has a whole armada of reporters who feed into things that go under the Peter King byline. Just thought I'd share that. He had a 9.5 out of 32, meaning that he gets half credit for a player that he correctly predicted would go at a certain slot. It just ended up being someone who went to a different team because they traded into that spot. Partial credit seems fair. He also had six of the first seven, and he had, duh, Najee Harris going to the Steelers. This was the best mock draft anyone produced. 9.5 out of 32. Who's your favorite? Mine's been Todd McShay for a while, and by that I'm not talking about the the mocks, or the predictions, but just the the level of analysis, the thought that he puts into his work. That's the facet that I enjoy. McShay had an unbelievable first seven. Perfect. Even predicting the 49ers trading up to get Trey Lance at number three. And after that, next to nothing. Mac Jones to the Patriots at number 15 and Najee to the Steelers. That's it. That's it. Again, dart, meat, board. No one can do this. No one, no one, no one. And that includes, by the way, National Football League executives. The Steelers' own draft board, the one through which, as Kevin Colbert will acknowledge, they live and die by, that ranks players from one into infinity, regardless of their positions, regardless of the team's needs, won't look anything like Baltimore's, won't look anything like Cincinnati's, and definitely won't resemble whatever Cleveland cobbles together. It's an inexact science. So anyone who wants to play expert on this, whether it's in the media or just you know a fan or an intense follower of that particular process, 
Go right ahead, but spare all of us the condescension because we are standing here holding the receipts, ready to wave them in your face on the evening of April 28th. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for just one question. And that's always brought to you by this program, Mike's Beer Bar over on the North Shore, right across from Federal Street. More than 80 rotating taps of local craft beer, 500 great craft bottles and cans, more than 350 of those being local. This is our city's premier destination for craft beer. Don't accept any substitutes. Come on down to Mike's Beer Bar. It's right there on Federal Street, across from the ballpark. And by the way, speaking of the draft, we've got something special coming up at Mike's for you that we'll be sharing soon. Today's J1Q comes from Crystal, and she asks, Hey, DK, loved your take on Deontay Johnson's contract status on the Thursday show, I know you're not Omar Khan with the numbers, but if Najee Harris proves to be 60% of the Steelers' offense in 2022 and his numbers exceed even what he did as a rookie, could he and his agent warrant asking for a new contract? Or did Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott ruin the market for all running backs? I'd love to see Najee be a Steeler for the long haul. I'm sure you're not alone in that regard, Crystal. Um, he has made himself a fan favorite. Oh boy, probably even before he took the field with his personality, with the stories of his background. And I'm going to guess, speaking of bold predictions on this particular episode, that he's going to vault to number one now that Juju Smith-Schuster is gone. The fan base is going to be looking for someone like that to anoint and Najee just checks every box to borrow a Mike Tomlinism. As you know, judging from all of the background that you put into that question, the running back market has turned to mud. I don't know if it was Lev or Zeke who anyone would blame for that. I'd probably be looking more at Lev's agent than anyone else. But the fact of the matter is, that position has taken a big hit when it comes to free agency and specifically to second contracts. You just don't see running backs stick around for very long with one team, which, not to pound this six feet deep, but it's part of the massive stupidity between Lev's agent and Lev himself in walking away from the money that they did, not to mention the situation that they had with the offense here in Pittsburgh, with Ben still clicking, A.B. still here. and uh, Anyway, I could see Najee and his representation making a case after he has a really strong season, the type that you're describing there. Now, for that alone to happen, a lot of things are going to have to fall into place. The offensive line, which is, once again, all new, or pretty much all new, is going to have to figure things out in a hurry. Matt Canada is going to have to show that he's a capable 
NFL offensive coordinator. And don't ask me which of the two things I just mentioned might be a more remote possibility. And you've got to have a passing game going to offset opponents stacking 8, 9, 10, 11. My goodness, sometimes it felt like they had 13 in the box against Najee. You've got to have the passing game too. So there's a bunch of really big unknowns. But if it happens, agents are dummies, and Najee's certainly no dummy. They're going to know that if they go to the team and put the team in an uncomfortable spot at the absolute apex of this young man's career to date, maybe they've got a chance of getting people like you and maybe people in the media like me on their side and and drumming up something. Now, is that going to influence the Steelers? Well, Colbert won't be the GM, but one would think and kind of hope that the team will find a replacement that will follow a lot of his best practices. And one of those was to just tune out all the noise. Everybody wanted Lev signed. Everybody. Players in the room, fans, media, I'm sure the other coaches did. Didn't matter. The Steelers made the offer that they felt was fair, and which, by the way, once you saw the numbers, was beyond fair. And they stuck to their guns, which is what the Steelers tend to do. So to try to answer your question, I think there's a reasonable approach to be had in that circumstance. But I also think there's a reasonable expectation to be had that the Steelers won't be phased by it. I appreciate the question, Crystal. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers, not just today, but all week long, especially uh, early in the week, whenever uh, this was a very different type of show. Have a great weekend. We'll do it again Monday. Monday.